good to be in God's house this morning. Daniel chapter four, as we continue on in our sermon series, Daniel, past, present, and future. I love this book of Daniel. I was uh, supposed to be studying this sermon last night and finishing it up and doing final touches and prep, and I got over into the next chapter, and I thought, man, I was just, I'd already studied it and and things before, but I was in the next chapter, which is next week, or the week after next, I guess, and I thought, man, this is great stuff, and then I peeked over into the next chapter, and then I, I, I was taking notes and studying, and I thought, you know what, I better get back to the sermon I'm supposed to preach tomorrow, so uh, this book is just a powerful book that shows us so much from the past, is so relevant for the present, and still speaks to future things that are to come. And you can guarantee it, God will fulfill the rest of the prophecies from the book of Daniel. And I'm looking forward to that, amen? So um, this morning, I wanna preach from Daniel chapter four. Sermon title is this, God, not me. Now I'm not saying, God, not me, not me. That, that's not the tone this morning, but it's this tone, God and not me, all right? God and not me. I am weak, but thou art strong. You ever heard that song? Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I will be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. And then the chorus goes on to say, just a closer walk with thee. The writer of that song is acknowledging our dependency on God. Do you need God this morning? Are you willing to admit that today? It is not weak-minded for us to admit and recognize that we need God. Another writer said, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, every hour, I need thee. You see, we live in a world that wants its own way. We live in a world, a society that wants to make their own rules, make their own Decisions, But I want to stand here this morning at 9 o'clock on August the 22nd, and I want to personally declare to you, I recognize I need God. Is anybody else in the house that maybe you would just slip your hand up and say, I agree with you, Pastor Greg, I need God. I recognize I need God. God, not me. I need God's wisdom. Now more than ever, we need God's wisdom. Wisdom. I need God's strength. I need God's provision and I need God's protection. I need God. And I'm not too proud to declare that to you this morning. I need God. Your pastor. Can it start with me today, this sermon? And can I just be vulnerable and humble before you and say, I need God? My family needs God. Do you need God this morning? Does your family need him every day, every moment? I don't desire to think too highly of myself. Sometimes if we aren't careful, we can be tempted to get exalted in any, any seemingly accomplishment or gift or talent or opportunity that God may give to us, any blessing that God may give to us. But this morning, I wanna remind myself, I wanna remind you, let's always step back and recognize God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from God. 
Everything we have in our lives is because of God. Any good quality we might have, any giftedness we might possess, it is because of God. I don't want pride to be in my life. How about you this morning? Proverbs 11.2 said, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Not grace, but disgrace. Another scripture said that God resists the proud, but he blesses and exalts the humble. Proverbs 16 and 18 tells us that pride goes before a fall. Paul tells us to take heed, least we fall. Pride exalts self above God. And that's exactly what we see in today's story. We see a man who God has been dealing with all throughout the book of Daniel. This wicked pagan king, this Gentile king to King Nebuchadnezzar. And God has been dealing with this man all throughout this book as we've gone through this sermon series. He showed him The other week, as we talked about a dream, a prophetic dream even, that showed the history of the Gentile nations, you would have thought that would have rocked his world. He showed him in that dream that your kingdom, Babylon, will fall and the Persians will take over. We're going to see that happen next week. But yet, for some reason, Nebuchadnezzar was still resisting God And I wonder today, are there folks that hear the word of God? They, they feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit. They hear the truth of, of God's word, but yet pride keeps them from making a change and surrendering to God. But I say again, God, not me. Let's look at the next slide, Daniel 4 and 2. It says it this way. This is King Nebuchadnezzar saying, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. Now this is interesting because we're going to be seeing a testimony, if you will, written in chapter four, written in the Bible by King Nebuchadnezzar. A passage here that is actually written and put into the Bible by this old evil pagan king. That's odd to me. That's unique to me. But a man who has been resisting God for so long is finally making this comment. But this comment didn't come easy for him. He learned the hard way. He went through a a long process, and we're going to see how God finally got his attention. Let me stop right here and tell us this morning, from the youngest to the oldest, If we listen to God now, if we accept his mercy and grace now, many times we can avoid God having to rock our world to get our attention. Am I preaching all right this morning? Can I say to you with love, those that might be watching online, those sitting here this morning, can say to you, God loves you so much that he will do what it takes to get your attention But it would be so much easier if we just say today, God, I want you and not me. If that's all right, say amen this morning. God, I want you, not me. I don't want to have to go through some awful things and experience some bad things and make some terrible mistakes before I finally realize and come to my senses, I need you. No, today I want to accept your mercy 
to me. But Nebuchadnezzar was a slow learner. Nebuchadnezzar was self-centered. Nebuchadnezzar was prideful. Somebody say that word, pride. Let's look at his story this morning. We see that declaration, but now let's go back and see what brought him to that declaration. Look at four or five. I saw a dream. This is Nebuchadnezzar talking. He's getting ready to tell us how God rocked his world and got his attention. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts of my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Can you imagine this king who has it all, this king who has all power, who has any relationship he wants to have, all the wealth he wants to have, he can do what he says. No one tells him what to do at any level. But yet he is rocking and reeling upon his bed without peace and he is troubled. It shows me, ladies and gentlemen, that without God, we cannot have true peace. We can spend all of our lives pursuing accomplishment. We can spend all of our lives pursuing position. We can spend all of our lives pursuing popularity and we might achieve some of those things, but without God, we will never have any true peace on the inside. And this man was reeling and rocking upon his bed because God had shown him yet another dream All before that dream, he was at ease, the Bible said. He was secure and at ease in his palace. Sometimes this world around us and the things of this world can give us a false sense of ease and security. Sometimes if we aren't careful, we can kick our feet up and say, I'm all right, my bills are paid, I'm taken care of, I'm, I'm good. But you know things can change, like the old saying says, on a dime, can't they? And what do we do when calamity comes? What do we do when the rug gets pulled out from under us? What do we do when our situation shifts and all of a sudden we find ourselves facing something we never had before? We need God. I need God. You need God. But Nebuchadnezzar, he was prideful. What is pride? Pride is a feeling of deep pleasure, deep satisfaction in one's own achievements and one's own abilities and he was full of pride but yet God decided to rock his world and it started with this dream and in this dream Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of this great tree that was kind of in the center of the earth and became very prominent and it grew and it became very large and there were birds nesting in the tree and there were animals of all sorts resting under the tree and it was prominent and it was great. But then all of a sudden in the dream, a a herald, a messenger, most likely an angel, arrived in that dream and said, cut the tree down. Cut the tree down. It was symbolic of Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom. But all of a sudden there was a word spoken, cut the tree down. We look at so many in this world today, so many evil leaders from North Korea to Russia to China to Iran, all around this world But if the sovereign God looks at any given leader at any given time and he says these words, cut the tree down, it's over for them. And can I tell us it will be over for each one of them 
one day. And the most powerful of leaders will stand before a sovereign, almighty God one day and give an account and be judged by him. The angel said to cut the tree down, but here's the mercy of God, but leave the stump. Can you picture that? Can you picture this dream? He, he's seen this huge tree. It's symbolic of him. Then an angel comes and says, cut it down. It's symbolic of God's gonna pull the rug out from under you, oh boy. And then there's a stump that is left. And that stump is him. That stump represents the mercy of God. That stump shows you and I that maybe God will allow at times things to come in people's lives to get their attention, but his mercy still endures forever. It shows you and I that although he may have to sometimes take away or strip away some things from our lives to get our attention, his mercy still endures forever and the stump was still there. God saying, I want to restore you if you will allow me to. And that'll preach to you and I this morning. Maybe you've gone away from the Lord. Maybe you have this testimony that you could share with us and say, I walked away from God. He got my attention. I lost some things, but I didn't lose my life. Can I preach this morning? I lost some friends. I lost some opportunities. I lost some things that I'll never be able to recapture, but the stump was still there. And in his mercy and in his grace, God drew me back to relationship with him. The stump was still there. This king was troubled by this dream and he could not figure it out. He didn't know the interpretation that I just shared with you. He called for all of his wise men and all of his advisors, the, the soothsayers, the magicians, the astrologers. He called for all of them to come in. Please, please give me an answer. But I even see pride in that because in the last chapter or the last chapters, we see that he had had another dream, right? The statue dream and he had done the same thing and they didn't have an answer. But when he called for Daniel, Daniel had an answer. And again, I'm thinking, is this man just a slow learner, right? But I believe it was pride, I thought about that all week. I thought, why, you know, why, why? But my conclusion is it was pride, I think. He knew that Daniel, because he says it here in the passage, Daniel has the spirit of the most high God in him. He knew Daniel had shown him the other dream. He knew Daniel had the spirit of the most high God in him, but I believe he was motivated by pride and he really didn't wanna have to acknowledge Daniel and Daniel's God again. And I wonder sometimes if we make that same mistake. I wonder sometimes if we really know that the answer lies with God. We really know that the answer could be found from godly people who could talk to us and mentor us in the ways of God. But we just want to turn to the people that will tell us what we want to hear. Or we don't want to be told the truth of God's word. And pride can, can creep into our lives sometimes. Daniel arrives Daniel, such a great example in this whole book. Daniel, who's living in this heathen, pagan kingdom. Daniel, who has not compromised, not one time. Daniel, who is filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Daniel, who is a great example to you and I, because we live in times that are similar to these times that we're studying about, but we too can stand in God and not compromise, and we too can have the Holy Spirit resting upon us and in us. Daniel comes, and God immediately gives him the interpretation to this dream, and Daniel is stunned, to say the least. He says, oh, king, the tree is you. You're gonna be cut down. You're gonna be driven away from the people. You're gonna be caused to eat, get this, to eat grass like the cattle. And your body is gonna be drenched with the morning dew. Your hair is gonna grow out like eagle's feathers. And your nails are gonna grow out like bird's claws. You're gonna lose your sanity. You're gonna have a heart that is more like an animal, more like a beast than like a person. Don't tell me the Bible's not full of some colorful stories. Who could make this stuff up, right? Can you imagine CNN reporting on this? Can you imagine CNN saying, yesterday we had a press conference with King Nebuchadnezzar and he was answering our questions. But today he is in the field his hair is growing out. His nails are growing out. He's eating the grass and there's dew all over him. But it is God who puts up. It is God who puts down. And God had allowed Nebuchadnezzar to have the reins of the most powerful kingdom upon all the earth. But now God was declaring, I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna show everyone around you that it is not your power, but it is the power of the most high God. I wanna preach and declare to us this morning, we look around our world and we see such evil. We look around our world and we think, why do certain men have power today? I wanna declare to us that they don't really have the power. Our sovereign God really has the power. I want to declare to us that our sovereign God is still in control of this world. Our sovereign God is still in control of all of history. And when God says it is enough, it will be enough. Whether it's individually, whether it's corporately, whether it is a nation, whatever it might be. When God says, I will bless that nation and raise them up, he will do it and no man will stop it. But when God looks at a nation or a group of people and says, I'm gonna take them down and judgment is coming, again, no man will stop it. God is sovereign. Daniel was stirred by this revelation, this interpretation of this dream. And Daniel looked at King Nebuchadnezzar and he gave him good advice. It's good advice to me and it's good advice to you. He said, please repent. Please repent. Wouldn't you love to get that message out far and wide? Not with hate, not with uh, pride, not with, with malice, but with genuine love, please Repent. Wouldn't you love to say to those around you, your family members, our community members, this country, this nation, please repent. He said to Nebuchadnezzar, separate yourself from your sins by doing what is right. And maybe, just maybe, God will extend mercy to you. 
Maybe, just maybe, God will extend your prosperity. Maybe, just maybe, God will spare you from this awful thing that is to come upon you. I really do think God would have. Now, we can't, we can't know because Nebuchadnezzar had no response, no response, nothing, nothing. Daniel begging, please, please repent. God might have mercy on you. Please repent. But I believe many times God puts warnings in our way, sounds an alarm, tries to stir us, convict us even by the Holy Spirit because he really wants to stop the destruction that we're headed towards. And I have to believe this morning that he had Nebuchadnezzar to dream this so that maybe, just maybe, Nebuchadnezzar would have repented and said, God, have mercy on me. What do I need to do to get my life back in line to you? What do I need to do to get my kingdom back in line to you? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing this morning if God got the attention of our president and our Congress and our Supreme Court and he was able to grab their attention at such level that they would fall on their face before God and say, God, what do I need to do first as an individual? And then secondly, what do I need to do in my capacity in the government that our nation could get back on track? Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? Amen. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing? But I'm afraid that most of the response is just like Nebuchadnezzar's response. No response. There's no recorded response. Daniel says, please, please, maybe God will have mercy, please. No response. And for 12 months, one year, nothing happened. Nebuchadnezzar just lived his life. We really don't have any details of what he did day in and day out. But I think he forgot or choose to, chose to forget or kept pushing to the side what God had said. Just because consequences are delayed does not mean that consequences won't come. Can I say that again this morning? Just because consequences are delayed does not mean consequences won't come. There's pleasure in sin for a season you might be in that season of pleasure, but there's always consequences to sin. Always. Somebody say always. Always. You, you're not going to get by because I'm not going to get by. Nobody's going to get by. Hear me this morning. And there was 12 months, one year where nothing happened. Can I tell you what I believe? Why there was a year where nothing happened? Again, I believe it speaks to the mercy and the grace of God. I believe that God said, I'm not just gonna show you this judgment that's gonna come upon you. I'm gonna give you time that maybe, just maybe, you'll repent. And I feel that God is looking upon this land today and he's given us time. He's given us, I think we're in overtime. And he's saying, repent, come back to me. I don't want to send my judgment. I don't want consequences to come upon you as an individual. I don't want consequences to come upon the greatest nation that the world has ever known. But don't confuse God's time of grace as inactivity. Don't confuse his time of grace and, and think he's changed his mind. 
He's waiting for us to repent. He's waiting for this nation to repent. But there will come a day where the consequence and the judgment will hit right in the, right in the face. You see, the placement where we are is because of God. And God had placed Nebuchadnezzar where he was. He had warned him about the pride, but he had shown him, I'm gonna remove you from your place. I think as an individual, I don't wanna be removed from my place. I, I'm happy where God has put me. I'm honored to do what God has done or allows me to, to do. And I think, God, I don't want pride or sin to cause me to lose my place in your kingdom and in your work. I, I want to keep things right with you. I want to live humbly before you, humble myself before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt me in due time. How about you this morning? Look at this next slide about placement. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't hear, heed the word. For Daniel 4.31, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. What happened right here? The 12 months of grace ended. The 12 months where Nebuchadnezzar could have made things right. In just a moment, in just a day, it was over. And Nebuchadnezzar, the context of right there, he's out strolling on the roof of his palace and he's looking out over the vast empire that God had given to him. But pride was still in his heart. And he looks out over the, the empire and he says, look at what I have done, if I can paraphrase it. Look at all I have and look what I have done and look what belongs to me. And God says, you know what? Grace is done, judgment is coming. And the Bible said he didn't hardly get those words out of his mouth until God spoke and said, the kingdom has departed from you. Sad words, sad words. I don't have a kingdom, you don't have a kingdom, but we do have a calling and we do have family and we do have ministry and we do have things in life that only we can fulfill for God. And what a sad day it would be to hear God say to you and I, you've gone too far and I'm sending my judgment because I've gotta get your attention and I'm removing your placement from where you were. I wanna tell you this morning, I have accomplished Nothing in my life without God. Would anybody agree with that statement for you? Let me say this. I, I would have nothing in my life without God. But Nebuchadnezzar exalted himself. Pride filled his heart and he was driven away immediately. A man who very well could have the day before been given a press conference. The day before could have been given laws and dictating rules and decrees. Who knows what he was doing the day before. But just like that, his sanity left him. And they had to put him in a field. Most likely they fenced it off to keep him safe. He still was the king. 
Most likely, Daniel probably assumed a lot of the responsibilities for him. But just like that, he was driven away into the field to live like an animal for seven years. Can God get our attention? Yes, he can. Will God get our attention? Yes, he will. But he would much rather give us his mercy. Somebody say mercy. The last slide here, providence. After the seven years had passed while he was in the field, Nebuchadnezzar said, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, now I praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth, his ways are justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. See, I'm glad to report that there is a good ending to this quite colorful story. These are the last recorded words of King Nebuchadnezzar. I think God finally got his attention. But I ask us this morning, from the youngest to the oldest, do we want to go through all of that, so to speak, before God gets our attention? Or do we want to just grab a hold of his goodness and his mercy? Do we want to live now under his providence? What do you mean providence, Pastor Greg? I mean the protective care of God. See, I'm here to tell us this morning that it ended well for Nebuchadnezzar and you and I, it can end well for you and I. I want to tell us this morning that you and I and our family and our friends and even this nation, we can come back to God and live under his providential care, the protective care of God. I've said it many times this morning, but can I say it one more time because I think it needs to sink in for me and maybe it needs to sink in from you. I need the protective care of God. Of God. Anybody agree with that this morning? I want to live in His mercy and in His grace. I deserve His judgment. Let me be honest this morning. I deserve His judgment, but oh, how I need His mercy. Oh, how I need His grace. Oh, how I long to live under His providential care, His protective care. said, those who walk in pride, he's able to put down. I don't want to walk in pride because I'll fall down in pride. Those who live in pride, think in pride. Do you ever have proudful thoughts? Speaking pridefully. Prideful attitudes. I, I don't want those things in my life. We don't want those things in our lives. But what we do want is his providential care. God, not me. God, not me. Would you stand with me this morning? And Brad's gonna come and get ready to lead us in. Come on.